Welcome to WeAreTechnology.com's User-Friendly 2.0 with host Bill Sickens, Technology Architect. Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. Bill Gretchen, welcome. Hello. Hey. Good to be back after this little break, uh, fall break. It's always nice to have a little, you know, vacation of sorts, I guess. But uh, I do miss doing the show when we have that. So it's cool to be back. Yeah, I miss you guys. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. You know, we're going to be doing something a little different uh, this week because we're not airing, um, but we are doing the podcast. So we aren't on the same talk clock. So we're just going to be recording and see where we go here. But there, there won't be a second segment per se. And then next week, we're back to our normal on-air schedule. So there you are. So if you get to the end of the first part and you can't find the second part, it's not because you're missing something. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let's go ahead and start with the news, and then we can go from there. So what is in the news this week? All right. F-35 jet mystery ends as wreckage is found. Yeah. So, okay. Apparently, um, the military lost a jet. Uh, I'm not quite sure how that happened. And there's a lot of questions being asked about this is rightfully so. The uh, military, they had this jet. They said the pilot ejected and then the jet later crashed. So there was some kind of a problem there and then they couldn't find it. Um, And then they asked the public to help them locate it. So, um, you know, that was a little bit, uh, a little bit strange. And, you know, we've got dude, where's my car? Now we have a dude, where's my F-35? <laughs> well, now, the public did my, find it. The, yeah, I mean, you know, the wreckage was found from what I understand. Um, but as to what actually happened and why this was the case and why the jet continued flying afterwards for a while uh, on autopilot or whatever um, and didn't Oops. have the beacon or any of that stuff running, it just seems like oh, a strange oh, if thing. I had the if I had the crazy hairdo, I could say it was aliens. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that's what they're going to claim. Maybe a weather balloon hit it, huh? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we'll see what happens. There isn't a lot of specific information out there yet, and they said the investigation could take up to 90 days. BMW feels the heat, stops charging for warming cheeks. Yeah, so this was a Tech Wednesday. We talked about this on earlier uh, episode of User-Friendly as well. And what this relates to is BMW and other manufacturers, but BMW was the first one evidently to try it, was trying to do this thing where when you bought a car, it had every conceivable option in it. But if you wanted to use them, you had to pay a subscription fee to turn it on. Uh, In the case of the heated seats, it was $17 a month. I'm not sure if that was for one or both, but uh, I was going to say they, they were, were trying to nickel and dime people, but that's yeah. not nickels and dimes. And this that's is on a high-end luxury and... car that already costs a lot of money. I mean, you know, yeah, it it just seems like, um, you know, some stuff like if you have a subscription to traffic, you know, conditions or something like that, I can see where someone's constantly updating and sending the information. And usually that doesn't cost extra, but it could, I guess. Uh, I think that comes with your serious subscription so it is a subscription but that's very different i ran into this in another car where they were wanting a subscription to use the bluetooth or android auto i think it was on a rental which obviously i'm not going to do but um so uh well needless to say this didn't go over well with customers and uh bmw has done an about face and has decided not to do this at least at this time toyota 
that was the one I was trying to think of is after a certain amount of time, if you want to use the remote start, and I think the keyless entry, you have to buy a subscription. It comes for a certain number of years. And then after that, it doesn't work anymore. Okay. Some of that just sounds crazy. Okay. Yeah. Then why even just, bother put it in? Just give me a key. I have a key to my car and I know how to use yeah. it. <laughs> but of course that would still work. I just feel like if I'm purchasing a vehicle and the hardware's there and I'm paying mm-hmm. for it, yeah, um, then it should work. And I'm also the kind of person that if I ended up in a situation having to deal with something like this, I'd figure out where the wire was to the seats and just, you know, hot wire 12 volt to it to turn it on and screw the computer. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> you know. hmm. but, yeah, but you're more talented than most people. So they'd be just hurting a lot of innocent people who don't have the tech savvy. Yeah. You know? And the other thing of it is, is there are, um, I, I haven't seen this for myself yet. But there are claims that seem to be valid that certain manufacturers, BMW, Tesla is another one, that if you do change stuff physically in the car, it'll brick the car so it won't work anymore at all. So, yeah. um, you know. I know anyway, John Deere was doing that kind of stuff, too. Yeah, doesn't go over well with people at all, mm-hmm. myself included. Yep. All right. Starlink lost over 200 satellites in two months. So what's going on here? Well, I'd love to be able to tell you, but Starlink has been um, on any kind of an explanation for this. So a little bit of background on these, the Starlink satellites, this is a mesh of satellites that are all around the world uh, that bring internet basically to everywhere on the planet, and it does work quite well. And the satellites are designed when they hit the end of their serviceable life to burn up in orbit. So, you know, you don't get hit with a satellite, that probably would be a bummer. Uh, And it has happened not with Starlink, but with other space debris in the past. But this is a lot, and the speculation is, oh, are the Russians somehow hacking the system because it's being used for Ukraine and other things? They used it for communication in Maui during the fires and stuff, and it does bring that ability. But losing that many satellites that quickly is is unusual. So we're going to keep an eye on this because this is a good tech story. And if it's because of a hack, you know, it'd be interesting to talk about it. if it's because of some other programming problem or something like that. Maybe Mars wanted them. Maybe maybe the Martians showed up, grabbed a couple of satellites, and they wanted it inside, you know, floating around. I suspect aliens. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't have the hairdo either, but hey, you know. (laughs) I have to be honest, I suspect incompetence, but. (laughs) Well, it's it's either a hack or a programming problem. I mean, it really is, or or there's a problem with the hardware. But the, the reason I wouldn't think the hardware so much is because it seems like it wouldn't have just started showing up now. So it's probably something else. And there's probably a factor, and it could very well be that somebody screwed up. I mean, there's certainly that possibility. But I still go for aliens, just because it's a cooler idea. Yep. Celestial event known for producing fireballs set to start today. Yeah, so this is kind of cool. If you can get out and see this thing, it starts tonight. Um, Okay, I might be pronouncing this wrong. Hopefully somebody can correct me. Southern Tonrids Meteor Shower? Tonrids, something like that. Anyway. It starts tonight, and it goes through until about December 8th. It's a slow-burning meteor shower that's rich in fireballs, and it peaks uh, on the nights of November 5th and 6th. Oh. So, kind of cool to see. One of these things, if you can get out and take a look at it, and there's a lot of planetariums and other things like that where, you know, they have telescopes and stuff that people can use, so that's another option. I think it's just fun looking at stuff like this. Does the article Mm -hmm. say which direction of the sky to look? I thought it was up. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, I'm going to look at the ground. <laughs> you know, Don't look at the ground. Of, there's a couple of directions, you know, north, south, east, west. You know? I've, I've heard of that. I, You know, um, anyway, the showers are visible nearly anywhere on the globe with the exception okay. of the South Pole. And um, find somewhere that's not about city lights. And no, this does not seem to specify which direction to look. So okay. I, I'm still going with up. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds like a plan there. Okay. Um, ooh, Microsoft Documents leak new Bethesda games, including an Oblivion remaster. So, Bill, I know you're you know about as much a fan of Microsoft as you are of Elon Musk. What do you think about this? It's not surprising that the leak happened. Um, not gonna lie, I'm kind of happy that there are some remasters of these games coming out potentially. Um, leaks like these tend to sometimes put the brakes on those for, I don't know, whatever reason. Um, my only problem is, is with Bethesda, is it going to be a true remaster or is it just going to be a graphics update? Yeah, and that's sometimes, you know, when you're looking at the different things that they're doing with these type of things. I've seen a lot of them where they just come back out and they've switched the graphics around for higher resolution, but it still plays the same way. And I've even run into some things where the remaster doesn't play as well as the original, too. You know, no, that's no. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Microsoft has I, had I a still, bad week on. No, go ahead, Gretchen. You know, you know, I was just thinking about games. I'm having problem with my Oculus. It it won't. Yeah, turn I on. haven't used mine in a while, so I don't know. But I've been hearing some rumors. I might want to power that thing up and see what's going on. Yeah, I yeah. can't make it to work. It's really strange, and it isn't. No. I, I still have the app and everything. It, it won't turn on. It is really strange. It, the, the power will turn on, and then it keeps telling me uh, that I need to do the the, the space, uh, the safe space that you're supposed uh-huh. to draw, and it won't let me. The, the and the the hand guys are are charged. The little pieces that you wear on your your hands, they're charged. Everything is charged, and I can see the space through the screen, but it won't work. So I don't know okay, what's I'll, going I'll on. I'll fire mine up and see what's going on. And if anybody yeah. else is having trouble with this, let us know. Yeah, I'll fire mine right up after we do this. Yeah, no, it's cool. just, you know, it's, it's <laughs> interesting. And hey, what I was starting to say is Microsoft's had a bad week for this. They uh, misconfigured a storage device and lost 38 terabyte of private data. Yeah. And this is something that's stored on an Azure blob. This is their equivalent of like an Amazon bucket, S3 bucket. Um, storage device out on the web and Amazon was having problems like this and they changed their default configuration so that it would be secured. And you have to go through a lot of trouble to take it off. And evidently Microsoft didn't, they're just calling it misconfigured, but, and Gretchen, you had asked if this was OneDrive data. I know before we started recording today and I said no, and now I'm looking and I'm not entirely sure I was correct in that because what they've said is they've lost data from 2017 to 2022 and it's linked to over 65,000 entities from 111 countries. So that's very different than what I originally understood this to be. And Yeah. That's um, it, that sounds like I hate one bucket. Yeah. <laughs> just uh, or one, one drive. One drive yeah, yeah. Sorry. So, <laughs> there's a site called SOC Radar, um, and they have called Blue Bleed that allows you to see if your data has been exposed online. It's like a search engine for it. Um, we'll throw a link up to that on our social media if you're concerned. But uh, 
yeah, we're trying to drill down to this and see what actually was lost. And, you know, the press release they have out on it and the information, Microsoft, of course, wouldn't return any calls on this. But um, at least, you know, uh, that we tried to get more information. But the bottom line of it is, is they're focusing on, well, it was a misconfigured key and uh, on and on and on. But at the end of the day, you got to watch your security. And this is a very basic thing of any programmer. And to be perfectly honest, it's one thing if you get hacked and you've tried to do the best, but it's another thing when somebody just screws up and leaves it open to the world and then goes, oops. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the document leak that we were originally talking about was actually from the FTC versus Microsoft case and was an unredacted document. So somebody forgot to uh, sign all their little legal documents. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's interesting to see the behind the scenes stuff. You know, you get a little bit of a glimpse of what's really going on with some of these things, too. And it's not always what you're told. Yeah. Yep. Well. Cash App is back up and running after a widespread outage leaves users without access to their money. Yeah, so th- this would be a definite um, bummer if you couldn't get access uh, to your your money. And so basically, Cash App, it's a mobile payment service. It's in the United States and England, UK. allows users to transfer uh, money to one another using a mobile, a mobile phone app. There's other things out there that do this too. They have about a report at least 70 million annual users and 1.8 billion in gross profit. And you keep money in these things. It's a you know digital wallet like a lot of the other ones. And then all of a sudden you can't get access to your money for a time, so you can't pay your bills. And you know, I don't know about you, but if I don't have access to money and don't pay the power company and try to tell them that, well, my bank's not working, they're still gonna shut my lights off. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and Cash App's gonna say, Oh, sorry, we fixed it. But in the meantime, it really can screw people up. Yeah. Well, like oh, funny story. My wife or her bank won't allow her to even use Cash App. Yeah, there's, you know, I've noticed that too. We have a bank up here that won't allow Zelle with business accounts. I mm. think there's a lot of concern, you know, about these things. And a lot of them have just gone to the idea of we don't trust this to be secure enough yet. So we just don't do it. Well, here's another situation where. It says, uh, Wells Fargo froze customer's bank account. Lawsuit claims he might lose a house. So this is along the same lines. Yeah, same lines. This is really something um, to a larger problem in banking, I think, today, is that a lot of this stuff is done automatically, and then they won't undo it. So in this particular case, uh, you know, this is something you could dig in, have it be a topic in of itself. This was in North Carolina. Um, a man was unable to pay his mortgage because Wells Fargo mistakenly froze his account and won't undo the action according to the claim in the lawsuit. And so basically something happened and he couldn't get into his money and they still haven't released it. So now the mortgage company is going, well, you haven't paid the bill. And uh, even though, well, it's, you know, something that happened with the bank, well, that's tough. And then, you know, part of that is, is really what are, your methods of recourse. You can file complaints. There are federal agencies that deal with stuff like this, but all of those things take time. And by the time yeah. you get through that process, you You're can really have foreclosure. foreclosure. And let's say that happens and they release the money and you get it out of foreclosure. And let's say that the lawsuit even makes Wells Fargo pay the expenses. You've still taken a ding on your credit report. You can't get it off. There's no way to undo that, even if it's the bank's fault. Yeah. You know, so this kind of stuff can lead to all kinds of problems. There's and a there lot of stress. Involved yeah, stress too. 
And there doesn't seem to be a lot of real accountability to the financial institutions when these problems happen. You know, in this case, we'll see what what happens with the lawsuit. But anybody that's had litigation knows lawsuits don't go quickly either. So it might be a while before you get some kind of a resolution to this. And when he does, who knows what the outcome is going to be. So I I hope he gets everything straightened out. And I hope this doesn't happen to a lot of people. But you do hear about these things from time to time. and, And it's just something that, like you say, would be very stressful. Extremely. Yeah. All right. So, so, Gretchen, I know you've been watching Ahsoka. I have not had a chance to do it. Okay. Yet. I, um, I, I, I have to say that I um, this was something that Jeremy and I had been looking forward to for quite a while. And we've liked the Ahsoka character from the, the cartoon series. And um, I would have to say that I really liked the Ahsoka series. I think they did a nice job with character development for all of the characters involved. They've also done a good job with the um, the story. There's a nice balance between um, giving you background and a sense of who these characters are and then action. So it's not like you're just watching fight after fight after fight with no story. It actually has a story. So there, there's there's a, a sense of good pacing between or balance between um, storytelling and action. Um, so my I think, understanding of the Ahsoka character in general is she was a Jedi and then stopped being a Jedi. She was able to get out of the cult, join the dark side. Uh, anyway, she was yeah. able to... Hush, Palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about that and what you think okay. of the show. All right. So basically she was... Um, she was a, a youngling, and uh, she was needing to be, become a Padawan. That's when the knight gets his apprentice. And Anakin was surprised by, hey, here's your apprentice. And he's like, what? You know, he was not expecting that. And the, the two characters really complemented each other. They both needed each other. And, right. of course, this was all pretty much arranged by Yoda. and. Um, Obi-Wan. And I I think Ahsoka was really good for Anakin. And I kind of watched the series and I think Palpatine saw that she could be a threat to his control over her. So there's an episode in the cartoon series where she is basically framed for um, doing something that she didn't. And it's pretty bad. And um, this is where the Jedi just really screw up hard um they didn't believe her they didn't they didn't go to bat for her so when she was finally cleared of the crime she's looking at them like i don't think i can trust you i Uh need to go away and figure this out and of course this really hurt anakin you know he's already a very fragile person you know Mm -hmm. with this idea that oh you're the chosen one you're going to solve everybody's problems you know and then he's got his secret marriage that he's hiding, you know, and all these other things. So Palpatine's really managed to just mess this guy up because she ends up walking away. But she still cares about what she really actually still is a Jedi, even though she leaves the Jedi Order. She retains the best ideals of what it is to be a Jedi. And we see so, her show up in Rebels, and uh, we saw her in Mandalorian, and now she has her own series. What were you going to say? 
So she's kind of like the Grey Knights from Old Republic, where they left the Jedi Order, but they didn't become Sith. Right. And they just yeah. kind of were, well, we understand the good parts, but there's a lot of bad parts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like she's rejecting the parts that have become stupid. Yeah. Um, Like, at one point in Rebels, she meets up with Darth Vader, and she finally figures out, oh my god, this is Anakin. And um, she looks at Darth Vader and she goes, well, I'm going to avenge my master. And and Darth Vader goes, well, revenge is not the Jedi way. And and she's like, oh, I'm no Jedi. And she whips out her lightsabers and goes at him. And so they have a battle. So Hmm. uh, (laughs) there's complicated relationships with these people, which is something else. Um, If you're an Ahsoka fan, if you're an Anakin fan, you got to watch Ahsoka because Anakin, you will get to see him in a really cool way. They did okay. a nice job with that. Yeah. Cool. I was like, I'm going to have to turn Disney Plus back on and binge watch this as soon as I yeah. time. Now, the problem is, is if you turn your Disney Plus back on, um, which is good. Uh, I was trying to rewatch the Mandalorian series. And last night I'm sitting there getting ready you know uh, uh man the mando he's just given up um baby grogu to luke and so then it's the next season and all of a sudden the next episode is showing mandalorians fighting that that giant um alligator turtle thing and it's wait <laughs> wait a minute they're not supposed to be doing that yet he's supposed to be meeting up with the the armorer and that big mando with all the guns and getting in a fight over the dark saber. So there was like a whole bunch of episodes missing. So if you work for Disney plus, please check that. <laughs> have to see what's, yeah, what's going on in missing episodes. I mean, these things happen, although on that platform, my understanding is they are all supposed to be available. It's not like they cycle through them or anything. That's right. So, They're uh, always supposed to be available. I mean, I've had oh, Netflix so they- jump like that, but what I've had Netflix jump when it's like a rewatch season. It'll do oh. that sometimes. I mean, like, oh, you already watched these. We'll jump ahead to this episode. No, I actually went through the the episode listings to look for it because I was like, so they okay, weren't there at all. They weren't there at all. Oh. There was a bunch of them missing, and it looked like the name of the episode was correct, but the actual film wasn't correct. Okay, then that is a problem of some yeah, kind. Yeah, because they called it apostate, which I believe is you know that episode where he shows up, he's screwed up, and he's going to go talk to the armorer, and she tells him that he needs to go bathe in the uh, the waters of Mandalore, and and instead, he's showing up with that um, Naboo fighter shooting at this giant alligator turtle thing. So right. there's a whole bunch of episodes missing. Yeah, and, and it's got the wrong title. That really means title. something yeah. got screwed up. So once again, Disney+, Plus, pay attention, mm-hmm. go look at something, go fix it. <laughs> I'm paying for this. <laughs> I know I'm about to drop Netflix for paying for it. They're going up yeah. in price again. Oh, they are? Did it really? I haven't had Netflix now since they've stopped the password sharing thing. It just isn't really worth it to me. But uh Yeah. yeah. Last time I heard it was about to go up to about twenty bucks. Really? And I'm thinking about dropping it. <laughs> oh yeah, man. I just I I I don't know. I mean there's some series on there people like and it's not that. I mean they have some decent content. It's just uh, it, it it seems like all of the subscription stuff is getting a little bit weird. I mean, you know, we've talked about subscription fatigue before too, and it's just mm-hmm. it's something that isn't 
going away. In fact, more and more different companies are trying to do, you know, subscriptions and it gets to a point where you really do have to look at how much you're paying a month on this stuff because it can add up very quickly. Yeah, I don't know how they're doing it, but I'm thinking about going to Funimation, which is an anime streaming service that's a company itself, and they're only like five bucks a month. Yeah, so and that's I'm, uh, you know I'm it's like yeah, kind of thinking that. <laughs> that's very especially you know if you're focused on a thing, and and it isn't like they can't do it. Like a regular cable type television, what would have been your cable television? There's a a lot of services for that too. And from end to end, I know Hulu is now like $89 a month or some such thing. It could even be more. Yeah, it's really expensive. Yeah, it's a little and too expensive. And then the uh, other end of it is you have Philo, which has pretty much the same channels for $25 a month. I should just and, change. Yeah. And the biggest difference is it doesn't include the locals, but uh, we figured out a way to work around that. And um, the one thing I would miss on Hulu is I've been really enjoying uh, Only Murders in the Building. Uh, the oh, latest yeah. episode is like, it was jaw-dropping. Um, the way they tied everything together, and it was like the the song that she was singing and the, the her reaction to the character that she was interacting. I don't want to blow the, blow the story yeah. for somebody who hasn't seen it, but it was like, oh, perfect, tying all of the threads together. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that was See, one of the shows holy- I wanted to watch. But- yeah. So you enjoyed well, that say, one too? This is, this is the holy grail for these services because if they can get something that people really like, then you subscribe to watch the show, which you know makes sense. Now, Hulu does have an option if you don't want the regular channels, but just their stuff, you can subscribe to that. And it's less. I believe that's $14.95 a month. That works kind of like a Netflix in a sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, but it's just, it's just about uh, take a look at these things and see what you're doing. And there might be a better way to do it. And, um, you know, or if not, because sometimes like one of the differences, a lot of people like the sports networks, which doesn't ex- exist on Philo, but you can get ESPN as part of Disney Plus and it will still cost less than Hulu. So, you know, it's just a matter oh. of figuring out what you want and what you want to do and then finding the best way to do it. But so anyway, I, it's sports through YouTube. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if I could show explain to my mom. She doesn't have a smart TV. So. Uh. I don't think I could figure out how to show her. Well, she has to a use fire that. TV, right? That's a smart TV. It's just an adapter. No, it's a fire stick, not a, not a yeah, fire yeah. TV. That, that makes turns your TV into a smart oh. TV. Yeah, oh, that okay. turns your TV into a smart TV. It's just not built into the actual box. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's not like mine where I could stream YouTube to my directly to my TV, but. <laughs> yeah, and I've got something in between. I, I use the fire TV stuff, and I've done that throughout my house just to keep everything consistent, and my. I have one television that is a smart TV. It's an LG, so it has its own thing in it, but I still use the Fire TV just to keep it consistent and have everything work the same way. But yeah, and you know, that's another interesting thing. There's a big row coming out right now that uh, they say Amazon can do better with Fire TV, you know, make it a lot more usable than what it is. And I think we're going to see some upgrades to that pretty soon. And that would be kind of cool. Yeah. 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 I would hope so. I mean, I used to run a Roku and it was like, you could tell between the models how bare bones some of those were. Yeah. And the yeah, options and just, that it had. And just as the other thing is, there's a big difference between the original Fire TVs and the current generation, which I believe is for, um, on just the way they work, the way the remotes work. The mm-hmm. original ones were slow. They would drop out. They seem to have fixed a lot of the problems with the hardware like that. And they, you don't get it included with any of them. You have to buy it as an upgrade. But they do have a really cool premium remote where it's backlit. 
And if you lose it, you can find it through your phone or just ask the smart speaker to beep it. No, yeah. well, you know, a function I use all the time. Uh, <laughs> well, I was like, I was going to get my dad one because they were using a Roku and that remote actually came with a headset uh, port because mm-hmm. he was having troubles hearing it. And I was about to go get him a pair of headphones <laughs> and mm-hmm. that was thick. Uh, I don't think the premium remote it has a headphone button on it. Has anybody noticed that? Because um, this is something that my mother complains about, and actually, I've actually seen it happen, uh, um, where the show will be super quiet, and then the commercials come on so loud that you can feel your hair move. I mean, it is really oh, yeah. bad. And they used to have this all regulated and coordinated back in the old days, you know, when you had your analog TV, and it worked fine. Um, but with the new stuff, it, they don't seem to have it coordinated, and it's it's kind of rough on her. It's it's, it's irritating. The, so you know, I'm, and I'm not an attorney, so I just answer this from my own experience only. But the thing of it is, is I know that with broadcast television, the FCC has regulations dealing with that. Mm-hmm. But when you're streaming stuff, those regulations don't necessarily apply. So yeah. That's why they're able to get away with it. What you're calling, what you're talking about, is something called normalization of audio. And there are some smart TVs and smart speakers and stuff that have a function to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Fire TV is one. You have to get into the settings and there's a normalized audio under the sounds that oh, you can turn on to uh, maybe, help with that. It doesn't make it perfect, but it does make it a lot better. Okay. So the next time yeah. you come and visit, <laughs> please help me with that. <laughs> so I wonder how much I mean, a service call is for 600 miles. <laughs> it's a lot. I can tell you that last time I did one. No, there's, uh, you know, like even our stations do that. With, you know, I, I normalize all of our audio to negative three decibels, and then they set it to wherever they need to set it so that their commercials and such are together. Yeah, it's just, you know, and the, as far as broadcast media, they love to get away with stuff like that because, of course, it attracts attention to the commercials. Actually, it's, and, it's a is, negative attracting yeah. attention. It doesn't make me is, happy. My favorite is <laughs> YouTube with that. I'll be watching something serious and literally for whatever reason, half the time it'll be like, and then this was caused by, and it'll go into a commercial right then. And it is the yeah. funniest thing ever. <laughs> you know, YouTube. I, I, the one thing I hate about that is it just cuts in. There's no yeah. commercial breaks. So it's just, you know, the other thing they're doing a lot is the term I've heard for it is plinking where they'll start a commercial break and play a second or two of one commercial and immediately cut to another one to make it sound like there's an error. And that attracts attention. And apparently it does work, but it's something that's being used a lot too. It's mm. annoying. Yeah. I've seen it. Anyway. Yeah. So, um, you know, as far as all this stuff goes, now it costs more to not have commercials or you need to figure out another way to get around it. So in any event, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just something to look at and something to deal with. All righty, guys. Well, um, I think let's call it a week. And like I say, this is a little different since we're just doing the podcast next week and or this week. And next week, we'll be back to our normal normal time. And uh, we've got an interview, at least I think we do, that is going to be covering some conventions from the Midwest. And it'll be kind of interesting to see what's going on there. So, you guys have yeah. anything you want to add? All right. I really take that can't think of anything, to be honest. <laughs> Deep <laughs> silence. I mean, I, okay, okay. Okay, uh, if you haven't checked it out, the new Baldur's Gate 3 is a very in-depth and put-together game. I, oh, I, yeah, I am talk, impressed talk about by that. that. I haven't had a chance to look at it, so it's, it's, it actually has done well? Yeah, I mean, I'm 
some of my friends are well over the hours that I am into it, but I'm well into 10, 20 hours and still haven't made it through Act 1. And some of my friends who are over a couple of hundred are now into Act 3. So, so I mean, there is wow. Is it a video content. game or is yes. it a D&D game? It oh, is okay, a, it's a video D&D. Game. Is a D and D video game that just recently came out. Wow! Uh, it's based on the old ones, but has a totally different new s- storyline involving uh, mind flares and tadpoles that they inject into your brain, and it's just got <laughs> such a wild gambit that <laughs> playing it, and then the options too. Like in just the beginning, you have these options where you can play, okay, I'm going to play it this way, or I'm going to kill everybody here, or I'm going to kill some of these people and help these others, and Mm. (laughs) there's still, the game just doesn't end that way. It it still keeps going and allows you to have more and more options, and so they, the, the, the six years that they spent putting it together has really paid off, in my opinion. Wow. I'll, have to, I'll have to check that out. Is this a console game or PC, or how do you get it? You can get it on PC through Steam, um, a couple other places. Uh, you can get it through PS5. Uh, if you're going to play it with friends, it is a multiplayer game. Um, make sure you get it on the same system as they are, because they do not have cross-play done. They have cross-save. So if you do have it on console and PC, you can switch back and forth okay. uh, seamlessly. Uh, they're planning on having crossplay in the future, but they do not currently. All right. Still sounds like it's very much worth checking out and something to do with the PS5 finally. So cool. All right. <laughs> well, everybody, thanks for joining us this week. And um, like I say, next week we'll be back to our normal schedule. But continue to send your stuff up, user friendly dot show. Uh, all the old domains still work, by the way, but that's an update that's been made recently. So it's user friendly dot show is the primary domain for the website. Same website, just a different way to get to it. You don't have to have the .com anymore. Anyway, this is User-Friendly 2.0. Until next week, keeping you safe on the cutting edge. User-Friendly 2.0 is copyright 2023, User-Friendly Media Group, Inc. All rights reserved. Views expressed on this show are those of the host and not necessarily User-Friendly Media Group, Inc. or this station. Music licensing by VMI. Hosting and technology provided by wearetechnology.com. Listen at theanswerportland.com, userfriendlyshow.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts.